It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Average Pros Podcast. It is Alex Huff here uh, as the host, uh, here with Justin Rates, uh, just us two holding down the fort um weeks going on into the playoffs uh what is it going into week 16 um so first round is in the books hope everybody has gotten through or had a bye um justin how you doing how are your teams looking what's going on well unfortunately two of my leagues i cannot say that i got through um feel like it was kind of kind of had to see it coming all the times I've talked about Bijan and the Falcons offense this year but uh he he let me down big time in one of my leagues so that was that was crushing um but yeah I'm still in the running for the 101 in our dynasty league so loving that I made mention of it last week and it worked out well I won so maybe mentioning it again will give me some good luck going into this week yeah um I mean the the Bijan situation is going to be something that maybe we don't touch on too much on this podcast, but definitely during the off season, I think we're going to have to talk about a lot. Um, yeah, for ho- sure. Hopefully, Arthur Smith maybe is not around, but I need we'll y'all see. to give me five good reasons to keep him in our keeper league as long as he's on the Falcons. <laughs> yeah, it's just they just do not use him, and nope. it, it's almost like we knew this was coming with Kyle Pitts and his talent and how they've just not utilize that in any capacity yeah we didn't heed that warning as much as we should have i guess yeah so that that's tough there's definitely been a lot of duds uh this week i know i have a couple teams that suffered from the likes of Bijan robinson uh reese hall javante williams you know your maybe injury prone people in terms of jamar chase and michael Pittman. i know i lost a couple leagues in that from those people so it's tough, but keep... hit on Pittman was brutal, man. It, yeah. Minshew put him in a bad situation, but still, that looked tough. He did tweet after the game that he's okay. So hopefully that means he's going to progress through the protocol for yeah. next week. That's um, good. But we'll see. Jamar Chase, obviously, we'll talk about the Bengals here in a second. So um, let's get into it. I think the first team that we're going to kind of discuss, we're going to try to kind of keep it focused on teams and players that uh, the listeners from a fantasy football perspective are either using in the fantasy playoffs or are maybe deciding on. Let's talk about the Eagles to start. Um, They obviously had a really good first half of the year. They've struggled as of late, but some of their fantasy players have been, I, I, I mean, definitely still serviceable. Um, but what are we doing with the likes of DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard? Um, we can go into Devonta Smith a little bit. I think AJ Brown is a lock. But where are you at with DeAndre Swift? Let's start there and then maybe kind of go into Dallas Goddard. Yeah, DeAndre Swift's hit a bit of a stretch where I'm starting to get a little worried about him. Um, I mean, he got plenty of opportunity this last game. He got 18 rushing attempts. I guess didn't really get super involved in the passing game, which we'd like to see more of that. But he kind of did split with Gainwell a good bit. I know Gainwell got a lot of red zone carries. Um, I watched the Manning cast, so um, I think Christian McCaffrey was on at the time. Love love watching the Monday Night Football Manning cast. 
and they do like the um, score predictor inside the red zone. And I think CMC guessed that they would run it. And I was like, oh, maybe Swift will get the the touchdown here. But then I think like the next three or four running back rushes were with Gainwell. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? So I'm, you know, I'm a little worried about him um, just like, because you want to be able to count on who you're playing these last couple of weeks, especially in semifinals and championship rounds. So I think if, if you've got some other options, you're definitely exploring them. It looks like, you know, a quarter of the way through the season. And then even at the halfway point, like he was the guy that was going to be, you know, up there in the league winning conversation. We were just hoping he could make it a full season. looks like he's going to do that escape injury barring, you know, this last week or two, but he just, he hasn't been the same kind of dominant explosive fantasy play that we saw early on. Yeah. It's uh I definitely took my victory laps with DeAndre Swift. Not going to lie. First, like, six, eight weeks of the season, I was feeling great. Uh, it has not panned out that way the remainder, especially the last couple of weeks. I will note, though, that he had – I mean, technically, Seattle was a good matchup for running backs. He does have the Giants, then Arizona in week 16 and 17. So we're looking at really positive matchups. We're also looking at teams that – I mean, I guess coming out of their bye in week 10, right? He played Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas. All of those teams, we expect Philly to be competitive, but also not necessarily like out out and about in the lead, kind of running the ball, managing the clock, stuff like that. So I think going into the Giants in Arizona, we expect Philly to be in the lead in control of the game. And maybe DeAndre Swift gets a little bit more work in that context. So I still think he's a strong RB2 play going forward. Um, a couple names I want to throw at you just to see kind of where you're at. Like we just talked about Bijan. Um, would you play Swift over Bijan next week? Uh, yeah. I mean, if if you have Bijan and you made it through this last week, I, I wouldn't take the chances on him again. So I would ride with Swift there. Which is fair. I think the other name that I really kind of want to throw out, uh, Saquon's up there, but I think if you have Saquon, you have to play him. The one that I'm curious to get your opinion on would be Austin Eckler, who is going to be playing the Buffalo Bills, which is a good matchup for running backs. Is DeAndre Swift, do we have enough confidence in him to play him over the likes of Austin Eckler, or are we are we just relegating that based off name value? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for name value there. Um, man, the Chargers were on a whole nother level on Thursday. Was it Thursday that they played? There are so many games this week. Yeah, um, yeah we didn't know what we were going to get with Easton Stick. He actually ended up having a decent game um, fantasy-wise. Had a couple of touchdowns in garbage time. But their offense did not look great against a Las Vegas defense that, I mean, isn't isn't towards the top of the league, that's for sure. So they do have Buffalo and then Denver, um, both decent matchups. Denver, a really good one for running backs. Um, I think with Buffalo, they're going to be game script, going to be behind early. Um, so he'll probably get a lot of work. I, I'm i still probably playing Eckler over him just because you know what he can be. Um, and I think with another week of knowing that stick is uh 
under center for him. They'll game plan more. Although they did fire Staley. Do we know they, I mean, obviously have an interim, but yeah. Like, what do we expect from them even rest of the season, just the Chargers as a whole? It's hard, too, with, uh, you know, Justin Herbert out, Keenan Allen, we don't know his status. You've got to assume that whoever they hire, and I also don't have the name off the top of my head, but Austin Eckler's kind of your only good playmaker, right? Yeah, like, like you got to give him the ball and just right. see what happens. <laughs> if I get a call from the Chargers tomorrow saying, hey, you're the new head coach, my first game plan is just, okay, let's just get Austin Eckler the ball. Right, right. Like that you just have to do that. So oh, I think he's it's Jif Smith, Gif Smith. There, I should have remembered that. There are a lot of memes going around. Is it Gif or Jif? <laughs> Is but, he offensive or defensive? Do we know? Uh, let's see. What was he before? I don't. I don't have that right in front. That's okay. I think the point here is that Austin Eckler is still where they're both in conversation for high end RB two, right? Like we know DeAndre yeah. Swift is still a is still a good play. Regardless of the last couple of weeks, Austin Eckler's in the same boat. That's probably our gauge here for DeAndre Swift. Um, we have in the show notes to talk about Dallas Goddard and Devonta Smith. I, I'm less concerned about Dallas Goddard unless you have a point you really want to make on him. I think the tight end landscape's thin enough that you're kind of playing the guys that you have. There's yeah, also a lot of big, a lot of names that have popped up over the last, you know four or five weeks that are uh, like, I don't, I don't know a team that is still in the playoffs that is hurting at tight end at this moment in time. Okay. I was going to let it slide if I found the answer and it wasn't that important, but Jeff Smith is the outside linebackers coach before taking over. So don't, don't love, love that. that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I, I still play Austin Eckler, I think, as a strong RB2, but he's out of RB1 contention, at least for me. Yeah, going for sure. forward until we see what's going on. Um, I If we're going to pivot to Devonta Smith just really quick so we can keep kind of going on on other players we have to talk about today, but I am still a hardcore buy on Devonta Smith. I have been last offseason this entire year with the A.J. Brown hype, I am a big buy candidate when it comes to Devonta Smith. If I were to give you a proposition of where does Devonta Smith stand in the current wide receiver ranks, half-point PPR, where what range would you say? Hmm, half PPR? I mean, he's a is he a wide receiver too? Yeah. Maybe like low end though? Maybe he closer to the twenties. Half point. He is the wide receiver sixteen on the year. Okay. So yeah, he, I mean that. That's good. Like you're not mad if you ended up with that as your wide receiver too. It's exactly what you'd expect. I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like he's flying under the radar as maybe a wide receiver like twenty two to twenty eight value. And he's currently wide receiver 16. So I think in dynasty and keeper leagues and stuff, I know trade deadlines are typically passed, but he's someone I'm, I'm definitely looking at this off season. Um, he's kind of like a, um, I, I don't want to say a new T Higgins, but he's in that similar vein where he's kind of right under the radar, but he's going to keep getting the job done and you can get him at like a discounted price relative to his market value. So just throwing that out there. Um, but speaking of, guys in that range and people we just mentioned t higgins um 
had a big game, two touchdowns. We know that he's capable of doing that. Jamar Chase looks like he will be out next week. Jake Browning is proven to be more than capable in this offense. Where are you ranking T. Higgins? What are you looking at within this Bengals offense going forward, especially in light of next week? Really, I think the two probably main plays are T. Higgins and Joe Mixon, who we can also probably talk about Joe Mixon if you want. Um, What are your thoughts on the Bengals, specifically those two players going forward for this week? Uh, I love, obviously, what I saw out of T. Higgins. It was looking rough there at the beginning of the game, dropped a couple passes. um, But then he, like, I guess he got his head right at halftime, and he came out like a man looking for a wide receiver one job on a team next year. Like, he's like, look, I can, I can do this. I can be the number one, especially after Chase went out. Um, so that was super encouraging. I have a, a tough relationship with Higgins last two years. He's been someone that I've drafted at a decently high spot in multiple leagues. And he's burnt me both years with injury and then just underperforming. But I think his outlook is on the uptrend as far as we saw what he can do in the lead role um, and with chase out these next few weeks, I think we're going to get an even bigger sample size of that. He does have two tough matchups with Pitt and Kansas city to round out the fantasy season. Um, I think the divisional matchup in Pitt, though, I think you're going to see both teams best shot. And I think the Bengals best shot is scoring a lot of points um because Pitt really can't keep up they've got Mason Rudolph now at um quarterback so I think Cincinnati's gonna come out and try to put as many points up as they can early so I think you're gonna get a game script that's really gonna favor throwing the ball um and Higgins is looking like he's gonna be the lead with Chase probably out for sure this week and then maybe even rest of the season so that's how I feel about Higgins who is the other one Mixon yeah, Joe Mixon, who is currently the RB7 on the year. Yeah. Um, Mixon, yeah, I, I would play him. I don't really think that I have much oh, question oh, you'd, there. You'd play the RB7 on the air? Yeah. Wild know, take. I Wild know, take from the average pros. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess outlook um, for looking next season, if you have him in Keeper or Dynasty, I, kind of the same thing like i think you're keeping him um and i think you're happy with that he didn't have the greatest week this last week um got in the end zone which kind of saved his day but there is a little bit of an emergence of chase brown i just don't see him you know taking over to the point where we're worried about mixing do you i and and I also want to comment on Higgins, but I'll I'll take Mixon first. I am much more worried about Mixon for next year. Um, okay, he's already twenty seven. Um, we know that there's not a long term contract in place. Obviously, the team has been building around Joe Burrow. We're seeing how the NFL is trending, where running backs are not as important. So yeah. I'm a little bit worried in that regard. But as far as the rest of this year goes, he gets Pittsburgh next week, and then he gets Kansas City, which Kansas City has historically, at least this year, been a good, uh, bad matchup, I guess, for running backs. But um, we have seen good running backs excel against them. So 
I'm not too worried about it, but going into next year, I am definitely worried about Joe Mixon. I would be, if I have him in Dynasty Keeper, I'm trying to sell him the minute the trade deadline opens um, for the next season. T. Higgins, though, is, I think, a little bit more interesting. He is, I think there's three wide receivers that are in the same category. T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, where they are all the secondary receiver, but they are talented enough where if the primary receiver goes down, they immediately become as valuable as the alpha because they're also now not splitting targets with themselves, right? Um, so T. Higgins, Jamar Chase is, is splitting targets with T. Higgins. When Jamar Chase goes down, T. Higgins is now not splitting targets with T. Higgins. He's splitting targets with Tyler Boyd, who is much worse of a receiver than T. Higgins, right? So I think T. Higgins, at least for the next week, for sure, maybe next two weeks, even with Jake Browning is you have to lock him in as a wide receiver one. It's a back end wide receiver one, but we know his talent. We know his availability. We know what he's able to do. We've seen the two touchdowns even this last week. So I think you have to play T Higgins. Um, I'm, that's why also I'm still high on Devonta Smith, right? What we just talked about, because he's got that high end wide receiver two on a output on a weekly basis, but then he also has the ability to go nuclear if, something were to happen to AJ Brown. Um, I think Higgins is a little more susceptible to that because Jamar Chase has proven to be a little bit more injury prone than Tyreek Hill or AJ Brown. But um, we also know T Higgins is looking for a contract next year. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We'd love him to just go to like Kansas city, right? That would be the best, <laughs> best place for no, him to go. I need Rasheed Rice to, just go to the moon in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, and that might happen, but I, we'll just see. They also could franchise tag him in Cincinnati, and we're just back to square one with T. Higgins. We'll see. Yeah. Um. But you're playing both T. Higgins, Joe Mixon going forward. If you have them in your lineup, I, I have a, actually a lineup where I have uh, Stephon Diggs, which you have to play him, right? But then I have Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, and Chris Olave, and I have to play two of the three. And I think Higgins has to be in that lineup. Yeah, so, I would agree I with know. that. I Diggs, you know, he profiles based on name value and just what we know he could be as one that you have to play. But like, what have his last couple of weeks been? I know it's not been great. Oh, it's been it's been worse than not great. I mean, he's yeah. been so he's had. In the last one, two, three, four, five, six, six weeks. One of them was a buy. So last five active weeks. Four of those weeks have been under nine points in fantasy. Yeah. He's had one good game in week 12 against Philly. Granted, they've also been terrible matchups. So week 10, he had Denver, which is historically bad. Patrick Sertan. He had week 11, he had the Jets. We know that Sauce Gardner. Philly, he played well. Kansas City locks up wide receivers. And then he had Dallas plus walks, locks up wide receivers. So he does get the Chargers next week. So I, you, I think you have That's to play true, him. Yeah, yeah, you're you're playing him, especially since Philly, the the one good matchup he had in there, he did what you expect him to do. So yeah, he should get and right against the Chargers. As bad as the Chargers also could be, we just talked about their coaching change and everything. Like we, I had imagined that you know Josh Allen and Samant Diggs would be the first maybe quarter, quarter and a half, and then they'll kind of sit because 
they're just going to have a couple touchdowns. Everything will be good. But my point being T Higgins is in that conversation with Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave because Jamar Chase is out. And I think you have to consider Higgins as a back end wide receiver one until proven otherwise. Yeah. Do you think Waddle and Smith will be in the same conversation we're having with Higgins as far as when their rookie contracts up could go be one somewhere else? It's an interesting conversation. Um, might be I've, a little further down the road since they still have another year. Yeah, they're. I think Higgins is one year ahead of both of them. Yeah, um, he is. I think that we will be having that same conversation, yes. So, and we've also seen it go wildly different ways when alpha wide receivers go to another team. But we've seen it pan out. We've also seen Kenny Galladay and it not pan out, right? So, yeah, it's true. Um, you're definitely taking a gamble. Um, so if you're going to do that, I think you buy Higgins early before he gets traded. And then if you want to trade him off the hype, you can do that. But I think Waddle and Smith will be in that category going forward. Also with both of them, um, I know Tyreek Hill only has two years left of his contract. I'm not sure about AJ Brown's contract. So that also could play a factor. I know that the Bengals specifically have tied Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase long-term. So that's why T Higgins is, more on the like chopping block in the sense than maybe Waddle and Smith will be next year. Yeah. So. I, th- I think that's definitely something we'll put a pin in and have to circle back to, but um, yeah. for now, I guess we can move on with more current topics. For sure. Um, we have in the notes about the Texans running backs. Is there anything that you want to talk about regarding either Damian Pierce or Devin Singletary? I know Devin Singletary has been hot as of late are you playing him? Are you picking him up? Like, what's kind of your gauge there? Uh, I think there are many better plays than Singletary. Um, I did see Stroud is going to be out again this week. So I would still play him as a low-end RB2 and would be confident playing him as a flex. Um, Damian Pierce, yeah, he's he's kind of losing relevance by the hour. Um, <laughs> we, he's droppable. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so, at least this it, this far in the year, he's dropping. Yeah, I mean, did he even play at all this week? He did, just... 5% of snaps, people. Damian yeah. Pierce is droppable. <laughs> I think he has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Singletary is a good RB2 play. I think Devin Singletary, Ty Chandler are guys that you're in consideration with uh I would still still play like the Austin Ecklers of the world, um, the DeAndre Swift of the world over them. But I think if you're looking at guys like you were expecting Devon Achan to play super well, or you know, you've been hit with Zach Moss, you know, um, and we're expecting him to play well. I think the Ramondre Stevenson coming back, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Najee Harris, who looked okay for a couple weeks. All of those guys, I think I would play both uh, Singletary and Ty Chandler over. Um, I don't know if you disagree with that, um, but I think I said Zach Moss, Achan, uh, Stevenson, if he comes back, Najee Harris, Javante Williams. Uh, the only name that I'm questionable on is Zach Moss. I know he was great at the beginning of the year, um, and – He'll still be the guy for Indy. 
couple of podcasts ago, I said Indiana and it didn't even register. Indianapolis <laughs> got that one fixed now. Um, but I just, I haven't loved what I saw from him since he's reassumed that starting role. Um, Gardner Minshew seems to be throwing the ball a heck of a lot better. Um, and they leaned on that a lot against Pittsburgh. So I don't know. I agree with all those names. Zach Moss is kind of with an asterisk next to it. I feel like Singletary and him are a lot closer than those other names you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, I don't love benching Zach Moss for either Singletary or Ty Chandler. I think at that point, it's just a hot hand, right? So yeah. they've both been good recently. Zach Moss is not. There's similar equity in both. I would take the hot hand, I think, in that approach. Uh, HN, I think, is the interesting one there because the hopes around him were so positive. Jerome Ford also kind of in that boat a little bit. If Isaiah Pacheco comes back from injury, I think those are guys that I'm still playing Singletary and Ty Chandler over just based on the hot hand. What about, what about Zamir White if Jacobs misses another week? Do we think think that was a flash in the pan or he could do that again? I think he could do it again. Um, So he's in that conversation with like Ty Chandler and Singletary, I think, where he would be above the same names, Zach Moss, Jerome Ford, HN uh stevenson if he's back naji zeke because i think a zeke is also formidable but i would still play samir white ty chandler devin singletary over zeke going forward okay yeah i can i can get behind that and that might be wrong but you know yeah i think you just play that hand and all part of fantasy (laughs) yeah um do we want to talk Cooper Cup in terms of his uh possible rebirth. I I remember I was on a podcast, this podcast, two weeks ago, where I was saying just keep playing off Snickler, keep playing. Yeah, Cooper you've been Cup. calling him a squeaky wheel. You were right there. He's he's reborn, I think. We don't have to talk about him much because I think it's pretty clear that like you're playing him. Is he is he back to just top like wide receiver one? Unquestioned, you're just he's in your lineup. I think at this point of the season, just with him having started injured, not sure what he was doing midway through the season, I think you have a better play for your wide receiver one. But I think he can you can count on him to um, reasonably put up wide receiver one numbers, but I still like him more at the wide receiver two. Are you thinking he's a sure wide receiver one now? It's hard. I... It's just you never know if it's going to be him or Puka. It has been both sometimes, but it's like Puka wasn't just a flash in the pan. Like, he's here to stay, I think. And that's the problem, right? Whenever we were initially calculating Cooper Cup's value, Puka Nakua was not in the picture. And so we're having to readjust. I do think, though, he's been the, in half point PPR, he's been the wide receiver five and the wide receiver four over the last two weeks. Over the last three weeks, he's had eight targets, 10 targets, eight targets. Last two weeks, he's had over 100 yards both weeks. Last three weeks, he's also had touchdowns in each of the three weeks. I think Cooper Cup is back as your wide receiver one. It's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's not sexy. Um, But, like, I'd feel more comfortable having him as my wide receiver one than I would Stephon Diggs, who we've talked about in this podcast tonight, right? Like, I'd still like Cooper Cup as my wide receiver one over T Higgins going forward, who is 
you know, T Higgins is in that conversation. Um, I think Debo Samuel is interesting, but I, yeah, I think Cooper Cup has to. I mean, outside of your your main huge names like Tyreek Hill, Lamb, Keenan Allen is also that that's a hard one. So maybe just Hill, Lamb, AJ Brown, Amon Ra, Mike Evans. Would you play DJ Moore over him? I mean, I think Cooper Cup's in that conversation. Debo Samuel, Pittman, if he's back. Like I think Cooper Cup is in that wide receiver one territory for me because he's been good as of late, and we know what he actually is. He's one of he's one of if not the best wide receivers in the National Football League. Yeah, and if you lose because Cooper Cup has a bad week, then you lose because Cooper Cup had a bad week. Like that, it's just kind of is what it is. I feel like mm-hmm. um, it's just you might not want to watch the game. <laughs> you yeah. might just want to just, like just check him. it on Tuesday morning or Monday. Yeah. maybe. You might just want to play him and just see how it goes. But I think he's, he's, if I were three weeks ago, four weeks ago, drafting a narrative to play Cooper cup as a wide receiver one, it would be him doing exactly what he's done over the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely so. gotten back to what we expected. And if, to be fair, in that same conversation, if Austin Eckler had, had a good week this last week on top of his last two weeks that were okay. We'd be saying this exact same thing. Austin Eckler's back to top three running back, right? Yeah. So Cooper cup is doing that. I think you have to play him as such. Um, you got to play. It's like early on in the season, you got to start your studs down the stretch. Yeah. Playoffs. If you're, if you're player, your if you're, if your studs are hot, you have to roll with them. Just is what if if you lose by it, I've lost yeah. by Stephon Diggs you, in the last couple of years so many times. Like, because he just, but it's like I, I'm yeah. not gonna play some middling wide receiver two or wide receiver three over Stephon Diggs. Right, you can't lose just, a playoff matchup because you tried to get cute with it. Yeah, like if exactly. you're gonna go out, you got to go out because you played your studs. Exactly. However, speaking of unexpected people kind of popping up into the. Uh, positional one category. James Cook. Let him cook. Elite over the last couple weeks. Um, I would assume he's over so far on this podcast. We've talked about, you know, running backs kind of in that back end, maybe early running back two category, DeAndre Swift, Zach Moss, Drum Ford. I'm playing James Cook as a top like ten running back the yeah, next couple of weeks. I I might even play him top five. <laughs> he's he's been incredible. Um on the season, you've got McCaffrey, obviously, Moster, ETN, White, Camara, and then the sixth is Mixon, and then you have Cook. So yeah. I'm playing and- him over Mixon and maybe even Camara. Yeah, and depending on what scoring you're looking at, you got Kyron Williams and Jameer Gibbs, but he's in that conversation. Like he's a right. top ten running back, and you have to play him as such. If you have James Cook right now going into the second round of playoffs, you have to be feeling good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta play him for sure. Um, I don't know if there's much more debate around that. I know he does get the Patriots next week, but he's just been too good. You can't bench. I mean it's not like he had one good week and we're like, Oh, let's just like see if this continues. Like, no, no, no. He, since they've had an offensive coordinator change, Mm -hmm. realistically, he's been a top five running back in fantasy. So you play him as such. 
Yeah, I wonder if the same will happen for uh, Austin Eckler in these last two weeks. Not an offensive coordinator change, but coaching change because yeah. Cook has definitely benefited from it. For sure. Um, and that's an interesting name. I would play James Cook 10 times out of 10 over Austin Eckler. At this point, yeah, for sure. Okay. Going into the season, not even a thought in my mind. I know. Um, let's pivot a little bit here to tight ends. Um, as we kind of wrap this show up, I, we were talking before the podcast, I feel like tight end is the position right now that no one is in need of, because there are so many good tight ends. I feel like, like you either have the elite guys, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, or you, and, and, Mark Andrews obviously got injured, so that's a, that's a whole thing. But if you don't have those guys, you picked up an Njoku, an Ingram, a Komet. Uh, I mean, even Hunter Henry as of late. Isaiah likely has been good. Are we just – I guess give me your thoughts on the tight end landscape going into the playoffs because it feels like everybody is in a top 10 contention. There's more tight ends to go around, which is obviously a very big contrast of the last couple of years. But, like – Where's your head at when it comes to guys like David Njoku, Trey McBride? Are we, is there pickups that we need to have or like what kind of where's your head at in terms of the tight end landscape? I think the biggest thing about the tight ends this year is we're finally seeing the flip to the younger generation of tight ends, if you want to call it that. I mean, we had the rookie sensation in Laporta just instantly come in and be, I mean, he's tight end three in PPR. Um, you've got Hawkinson who's on the younger side uh, at the one and then like Cole Komet, Trey McBride, those are both reliable tight end plays. So I think you're starting to see, it used to be, if you don't have a Kelsey Andrews or Kittle, like you were trying to figure out who you can play at tight end. I mean, you had your other guys who were, had reliable like floors, I guess, but those were the only guys that were going to give you wide receiver type numbers. Now it's like that, like you said, there are so many options. And David and Joku, I throw his name out there because he has been since Joe Flacco came, he's been incredible. Yeah. So I, I was think say Joe Flacco is a big piece of that, but it, it's yeah. worth noting. Yeah. So obviously that probably is only till the end of this year. Um, but I just still think you're seeing what he can be with a quarterback that prioritizes getting him the ball. Um so I think Hunter Henry is obviously the name that I'm trying to go out and get because I think he's available in like over 80% of leagues on ESPN. Um, he was one of our waiver wire ads. Another one I'd throw in there is Tucker Craft for the Green Bay Packers. Um, as long as Musgrave is still on IR, he is seems to be um, a big part of the Packers passing scheme. Um Watson's been out too. So if he comes back, that could change a little bit, but I like him as a kind of a sleeper ad, maybe not for the playoffs because you don't want to try to go with the sleeper route in the playoffs. But if you're looking for somebody who you don't have a long-term tight end in dynasty um, and you're looking for something cheap to pick up, I think Tucker craft is a good look. He might stay behind Musgrave for a little while, but, I can see him someday being a good tight end in the, in the NFL. So, yeah. Um, and a name I would throw into that too is Kate Otten for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he's 
relevant enough. He's showing stuff. It's almost like a uh, Trey McBride situation of last year a little bit where we might not have the quarterback there and, you know, the scheme is okay, but he's definitely proving to be a talented option. Uh, Don Kincaid in that same boat. Yeah, I was going to ask about him. Are you kind of worried he's had two down weeks with seven points and then laid the goose egg this week? Um, Obviously, it was a very weird Buffalo versus Dallas game where Josh Allen only threw the ball a handful of times. So are you still thinking he's up there in dynasty for tight ends, top seven? I, I'm i personally not, but I've also not been a huge Dalton Kincaid fan. Really? Like from the jump. Is it so, the is it the Knox piece in there or just his that, talent overall? That does have a lot to do with it. Also, Dalton Kincaid's productivity has been directly correlated to Dawson Knox being there or not there, right? Yeah. Dawson Knox has been healthy the last two weeks. Dalton Kincaid has fallen off a cliff the last two weeks. Um, so that's a piece of it. Um, I just don't think he is – We've seen talent there. Um, I think Kraft is good. I think Myers out of uh, Las Vegas is in that same boat. They're just not in the Sam Laporta situation where it's like, or Trey McBride where it's like, okay, this person is so talented where we're going to build our offense around them. I think Dalton Kincaid has flashed, but he's not proven, hey, we can build the offense around me yet. And so I think he, him, Tucker Kraft, Kate Otten, those guys are going to kind of fall into that back end tight end one conversation for the next, you know, six years until we get new guys coming in. Right. Yeah. Um, I I think a couple of names, super interesting, like, well, obviously Sam Laporta has been breaking records. I mean, that I was so off of Sam Laporta, not in the sense that he could not be good, but like, is, is he like never the, been done? Is he like the draft pick of the year? He has to be. I mean, yeah. he's the best tight end, rookie tight end we've ever seen. I, I think he's already broken all of Jeremy Shockey's records, if I'm not wrong. Like, he is elite. Um, and he's tied with Jared Goff in a good offense going forward for the next couple of years. Like, he's got to be – he is currently the tight end one on the year. In half PPR? Yeah. Yeah. So he's above TJ Hawkins and he's above Kelsey. Like, he's there. And so – you, we have to crown him as such. I think a couple of names that are interesting are Evan Ingram, David Njoku. Um, Njoku will be interesting going into the offseason. Ingram, though, is tied to Trevor Lawrence. That'll be an interesting piece. Cole Komet, depending on what they do with Justin Fields, uh, will be interesting because uh, Cole Komet's currently the tight end seven. Jake Ferguson's a little interesting with Dallas. That's a high-powered offense. We'll see how that goes. Trey McBride, obviously we love him. Uh, depending on what they do with Kyler, could be interesting. So the tight end landscape for the first time in the last like five or six years is moderately too extremely interesting for the yeah. top 12 spots. So I kind of want to throw this question at you, um, and it might be premature, but one, do you think Travis Kelsey is on the downtrend? I mean, he's still the tight end too in PPR. But, like, we've seen him come back to earth where he's not that clear tight end one. One, do you think he's on the downtrend as far as dynasty goes? And two, who do you think is the next closest thing to a Travis Kelsey? Do you think Laporta is going to continue to be on that track? 
So if I had Travis Kelsey right now, I would trade him away for three names. Okay. So Mark Andrews is still there. I know he's injured, but going into next year, I still think Mark Andrews has the crown. Okay. TJ Hawkinson. All right. And I think Sam Laporta. That's your list. Are, are guys that I would take over Travis Kelsey going into next year. I would still take Travis Kelsey over George Kittle, although that feels a little odd because George Kittle is a little bit younger. I see the argument to take to sell what you have when Travis Kelsey to take George Kittle to for him to be in that conversation as well. I would keep Travis Kelsey over Evan Ingram and Joku. McBride is I love I love what I've seen out of Trey McBride. It's mm-hmm. just I don't the know what's gonna happen with Kyler. I don't know what's gonna happen with the team. Yeah. He's awesome, but I would just I'd rather take Kelsey in that situation as of right now. If Trey McBride finishes the year on the hot streak that he's on, I would change my answer. But I would take Sam Laporte. I would take TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporte right now over Travis Kelsey going into next year. I would still take Travis Kelsey though this year for the rest of this year over any other tight end. Okay. Interesting. Um, not interesting. That makes it sound like I don't agree, but um, I was going to say, where's I, your head at? Yeah. Like I said, I do think it's premature because I think you can still get another year or two out of Kelsey as for sure. Top five, um, maybe, you know, the top tight end, but I don't know. I just, it, it used to be so clear that it was Kelsey and the one I kind of am a little bit more concerned about is Mark Andrews of those three that you said, because this isn't the first year that he's had struggles with injury. Last year, he was in and out of the lineup, and I feel like yeah. we got a lot of Isaiah likely. Um, so I don't know what you just you never know where a team's head is at as far as, you know, we've got we've got a younger guy. This guy can't stay healthy. So. Do we move on? Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen in Baltimore, but it's it's just something you got to think about. Um, I I thought I had more names to put over Kelsey, but now looking at it, I don't really. Um, I do really like Michael Mayer, like you said. I'm not saying he's over Travis Kelsey, but I think as a as a young um, tight end prospect, I think he's got a path to high relevancy um, in the future. But yeah. I think I think we can kind of put a bow on those three, like you said, that we would take right now over Kelsey. I don't think there's any other names I'd add to that. I just am a little bit more questionable on Mark Andrews. Yeah. I hear the Mark Andrews like counter, and I don't overly disagree. I think if you gave me if I had Kelsey and you offered me Mark Andrews straight up, there's concern, right? Yeah. Um, I think I would take Hawkinson in a heartbeat though over both of them. Yeah, I'm there with you on that. I think you have to take Laporta because Laporta, Kincaid has had the opportunity. Kraft has had the opportunity. Mayer's had the opportunity. Laporta is the only one that is actually the tight end one. Like he's actually done something with it. I think Kraft and Mayer, and I think if you can buy a dip on Kincaid over the offseason, it's worth doing because all three of those are very talented. They just haven't had great opportunities yet. If Aiden O'Connell finishes out the year strong and he might be the starter, that's a different conversation. And, you know, we might be looking at Mayer differently going into the, you know, next year. Um, Kraft, as he's developing with Jordan Love, we like that. 
So those are guys definitely to like keep a, an eye on. Um, but uh, I think also the the name here is like if you could buy Trey McBride for ninety five percent of his price, you got to do it. I think you overpay for Trey McBride at this point too. Yeah, I like Trey McBride a lot. Um, Cole Komet is in is it- maybe. I don't know. I think Cole Komet still has too many question marks around him. Sometimes he's the guy, sometimes he's not. And I think a big piece of that is where is Justin Fields going? Are they yeah. going to keep him? Maybe the name that we're overlooking, because I think George Kittle is going to be confidently in that like three to five range. But the one that I kind of want to maybe talk about before we like hop off this podcast, this is we can kind of finish with this, is like, what are your thoughts on Evan Ingram? And we can we can expand this to the Jacksonville Jaguars in general because they have a coach that seems to be consistent and is going to be there for a couple of years. We know Trevor Lawrence is the guy that they're building around. So Evan Ingram has that consistency, right? He has a system that we – like there's no reason to believe that Evan Ingram will be different next year than he is this year, right? And he's the 10-5. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a very – um set offense as far as who their quarterback is the coach and their scheme um so i think what we've seen from ingram we can expect is going to be replicated next year um i mean he he is the tight end five in ppr so it's hard to say that he's undervalued i mean people kind of should know what his value is but i do think his name doesn't pop off the page as much as a lot of these other guys um so i think he's a guy that I'm looking to go buy low on. Um, Would you take Goddard or him going into next season? I would take, I think Ingram in a heartbeat over. And we've we've seen the best of Goddard. I think we have. Um, The reason I ask about Evan Ingram is because I have him in a couple of leagues that I'm very passionate about. And I was surprised to see that he's the tight end five because he does not feel like he's the tight end five on the air. See, like he's ne- he's you, never won- like he's not done the Sam Laporta two touchdown weeks. Right. You you did men- you said consistency, but I would kind of push back on that as he's had a couple big games that have put him at tight end five. I don't think throughout the year he's um, been putting up tight end five numbers. He didn't have a touchdown until week 13. That was his first touchdown game. And then he had two the next week. Correct, um, yeah. And last week he... He dropped again. Just... I, I just feel like he has been a little bit more up and down than I would like from a top 10, or sorry, top five tight end. Um, yeah. He's only got three top five actual finishes in PPR. So and I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's some... There's some uh, give in his production, you know, give or take. I guess consistency was not the right word. I kind of meant like he's he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit as the tight end five. Like if yeah. you didn't, if I didn't look at the rankings, and he told me what is Evan Ingram, I would be like, oh, he's the tight end like eight to ten. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. And so I think if if you can capitalize on that. As a buying opportunity, it might be a good call. I think Cole Komet's in the same boat. I think Njoku is too hot to do that with right now. Um, same with Trey McBride, probably too hot to do that with right now. But if you could flip one of those guys into a Mark Andrews or a TJ Hawkinson, I would do that. So just a little food for thought. Um, 
you know, I know trade deadlines obviously passed. So we're kind of making moot points at this moment in time. But um, fun fact, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta. uh, Who else was it? Michael Mayer. There was another one, Jake Ferguson. And was there one other one? Trey McBride? No, he's 85. All those names I said wear number 87. So that's Travis Kelsey's number. <laughs> it might yes. just be a popular tight end number, but could that be a sign that those guys are the next wave of tight end? If that's the case, uh, buy Michael Mayer for very cheap to find out. So Yeah, I've got um, him in our Dynasty League, so I'll let you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think that kind of covers it. Justin, it has been fun. We have uh, just kind of, you know, bounced around a couple topics, but I think we've covered a lot of the big names, at least going into week 15, 16, week 16. Week 16 coming up, yeah. yep. Um, so, yeah, man, is there anything you want to kind of finish on? Any final points, any players we did not touch on uh, that you kind of want to get out to the audience before we leave? I don't, yeah, I don't have any any big pointers but good luck in this next week of playoffs hope we don't have another Bijan meltdown that takes some more people out yeah i saw something the other day that was like getting into the playoffs is skill winning a championship is luck and very true. i could not agree with that more that so so many times the sixth seed wins the championship yeah. more than you would care expect, to know yeah and you and i have gone head to head multiple times in our leagues of record and stuff in playoffs and and set record numbers that week against each other and then, yeah we had that it was a lot it was two years ago i think where we yeah we played each other and it was just like we, we had both, we had the championship game we, in we the both semifinals. Scored over, yeah we both scored over 200 and it was just like okay. it was insane and then i think i lost in the championship, yeah so. i don't know how that happened <laughs> yeah so uh, anyway you just never know fantasy man uh, I know. It takes what keeps us up. coming back. Exactly. Well, it's been fun. Uh, to all the listeners, appreciate y'all sticking around. I uh, hope this was somewhat insightful. Uh, maybe we're a little bit uh, dynasty focused at this point, kind of going into next year as well. So hopefully we gave some competitive advantages uh, in that regard. Uh, but appreciate y'all. Uh, Justin, it's been fun. Until next time, it is the Average Pros Podcast. So thank y'all for listening and uh, see you next time. Your time is valuable, and we thank you for sharing a little of it with the Average Pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.